Welcome to the Calgary Journal's Mental Health Mind Map Podcast. In this series, we dive into the complexities of mental health and hear from real-life people with real-life experiences. Thanks to our Calgary partner, the Canadian Mental Health Association, for its role in supporting stories that matter. Today, we are here to facilitate an open and respectful conversation about mental health. People normally have the assumption that the journey with mental health is an individual one. However, those who act as a support system can feel the effects as well. I'm Jenna, and I'm a family peer support worker at the Canadian Mental Health Association. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I'm Sam, and I'm also a family peer support worker and a recovery trainer at the Canadian Mental Health Association. Awesome. And can you guys tell us about your role as mental health um, yeah. facilitator? So from the family peer side, I came with the experience of my lived experience and um, supporting a loved one with mental health uh, concern. And us as family peer supporters, we support other family members um, doing the same. Uh, Not um, in a counselor sense by any means, but by a supportive role. Um, because we understand how hard and tough it can be um, sometimes and that uh, if the family as a unit needs support so um, family peer supporters in my role I support people over the phone and by email uh, co-facilitating courses and co-developing and um, in face-to-face one-on-one and people come into the welcome center and talk to them and listen to them and uh, empathize and talk. Yeah, it's really about, you know, meeting people where they're at in their journey and not necessarily us looking at it as we've already been through this and we know exactly what you should do, but just more, um, you know, meeting them where they're at and empathizing with maybe we've been in a similar place and and here's some you know thoughts of how we got through it and mm-hmm. how we've heard other people have and kind of um peer supporting that way with our yeah our lived experience really mm-hmm. um and as a trainer i'm mostly part of uh, a lot of our caregiver courses family and friends courses sorry mm-hmm. is what we call it now mm-hmm. um so yeah lots of amazing kind of themes and things in there and all of those courses have been already developed by groups of caregivers themselves Mm -hmm. so it's really um we're trying to build things from like the ground up so Mm -hmm. that it's you know what what are people that are actually going through these things feeling like they need and how can we address those needs totally totally and what kind of courses do you guys offer then or that you've built uh, for family and friends, we've got an eight-week course called Finding Your Balance, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of the core of, of what we're offering right now for family and friends. Um, and then there's uh, eight weeks can be a big commitment, especially considering oftentimes when you're supporting somebody, it's kind of hard to find the time mm-hmm. for yourself. So uh, we recognize that, and we offer a three-week kind of bite-sized version of it mm-hmm. as well. And um, yeah, that's pretty much the core of them, I'd say. There's a couple other here or there, here and there that we've partnered with 
some community organizations to, to work with them on, like parenting mm -hmm. skills and um, parenting after violence and things like that. Um, so yeah. Mm. I, uh, Sam and I, but I heard, we developed a, a course also for younger youths um, who are caregivers or have um, adults in their lives mm -hmm. with mental health concern and that, um, which I drew a lot personally from my own lived experience to mm -hmm. co-develop. And um, it's a it's a chance where the youth, 16 to 24 is our youth, um, get a chance to, it's called Making Space for Me, so they get a chance to uh, think about what they want their future to be like and, mm -hmm. and, and guide their own recovery journey. Um, and we can support them through it and mm -hmm. make a journal for the future mm -hmm. and uh, something that they have solid with them for the rest f onwards after the three way four week course. Mm -hmm. Um, should tough times come and they need uh, their own support. Totally. Um, I just want to backtrack a bit. Would you guys mind talking about your lived experience or like what drove you to work for the CMHA? Yeah, I'll go first. <laughs> um, I have a family member with bipolar and schizophrenia and um, I can remember, since I can remember um, watching this develop in her without really knowing what was going on mm -hmm. um, and spending a lot of time in and out of uh, hospital um, and not knowing and, and, and being worried and mm -hmm scared and frustrated sometimes, um, especially since it took a long time for a diagnosis. Totally. And not that now any diagnosis means anything. It, uh, it's, it's not how I identify them as. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's not a label I care to I even think about it. At the time, it was just a relief to understand what's going on totally. and to um, differentiate the two because I know who the, um, mom was, was my mom is mm -hmm. and I know what happens maybe when she gets sick and it, it was it was a nice to be able to to recognize it finally when it when totally. that came around mm -hmm. um, and to help support better to to, to maybe help um, to know when to say how are you doing mm -hmm. or when to just listen mm -hmm. and um, I know when it's but it's okay just relax you know mm -hmm. and then well it is it, as, as my story is mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I then also struggled with my own mental health and ended up in Unit 49 and in um, a unit myself um, and struggled with my own mental health with self-harm and addiction and, and a 
self-destructive kind of lifestyle path. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I worked in the bars and, you know, the bars have their own breed and um, I eventually got sick of it and mm-hmm. I was always interested in mental health. I, was, I took psychology in school as my best subject. I, I was really into it. I really mm-hmm. wanted to learn, learn, learn more and more and more about it just to understand myself and what was happening in my family um and then uh, 14 years into the bar life i was sick of it and uh, my partner at the time said you you love mental health you've got a lot of experience in it whether it's not it's not a university degree or nothing but mm-hmm. i've definitely traveled my my path down it really? um and and come through with my own meditation and mm-hmm. and um, and mindfulness and self care mm-hmm. and I keep myself in line now and kick my own butt when I need to. Um, that he he said, well, why not just go volunteer and see how you like it? Mm-hmm. And I sent in my application to CMHA and it was a resume with a bunch of bars on it <laughs> <laughs> so I said well, here goes nothing and a, and a little cover letter saying I this is my life this is me um this is what I want to do I don't know what there's available but here you go yeah and they uh, a year passed by and I was like oh well okay <laughs> I'm gonna stick to the bars I guess <laughs> and they gave me a phone call and they're like I'm so sorry we've been keeping your resume really close by it's been so long and and lovely Tracy um, offered me a position in the peer school mm-hmm. in and I got accepted into the family peer role and um, and yeah, the rest is history. Now I'm here doing a podcast, <laughs> telling <laughs> deep dark secrets, yeah. and telling, and on to taking, you know, standing in front of engineers and 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 mental health professionals as like doctors and psychiatrists, and telling them everything, every yeah. dirty dark, dark secret that I used to pay psychiatrists money to do. So mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> yeah, now they're paying me, I guess. <laughs> but, but yeah I'm loving it yeah thank you thank you for sharing yeah. that that's awesome Jenna like I love how you talked about you touched on you know the role of the diagnosis and how it's helpful but you don't want to necessarily identify the person that way first like mm-hmm. we you know we talk about often how um what is it labels are for jars not people yeah <laughs> so yeah. just that whole thing of like think of the person first, right, and not um, label them that way. So mm-hmm. I thought it was cool that you touched on that. And also just how, um, you know, CMHA really sees the, like, adversity and the harder things that we've been through to as an asset, as mm-hmm. something that we can, you know, help other people with. I think you touched on some cool things there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but for me, uh, yeah, similar kind of thing. I've got... Um, you know, some people in my family, family, close family members that mm-hmm. have uh, had a had a diagnosis since before I was born, my whole life, and I think it was kind of just uh, as I as you're growing up, I'm you know stumbling through how to best support and how to be there, and the feelings of kind of just feeling helpless because you don't really know what to do or where to go mm-hmm. or you know how to make anything better. It's it's a really it can be a very you know, hopeless kind of feeling at times. And um, 
I think I avoided it for a while, the whole mental health world. I went into education and um, was just kind of like floating around in the cloud, like <laughs> whatever. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it wasn't until I lost somebody pretty close to me and kind of went through the whole, well, very close to me, <laughs> but went through the whole grieving experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until I went through that process that, you know, these things sometimes just kind of hit you in the face and you're like, you know, I need to deal with this now. And um, I think as I started getting into my own kind of self-awareness and getting a little bit more um, turning inward to find some answers, um, I really just fell in love with kind of personal growth, overall health and wellness. And same, I just went and volunteered at CMHA and the timing just worked out that they Mm -hmm. were starting this new peer school. And I went through that and then they were like, uh, we need we need trainers. We need people with an education background. And I was like, Hi, I'm me. here. Like, hire me. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it's been really it's been really em- empowering, and it's just totally a passion for all of us working there. I would say so. It's totally. a really yeah. amazing place to work, and to get to you know work with some of these really strong, amazing uh, caregivers, family, mm-hmm. friends that are you know, all in different areas of of life and going through different things, but relating with them on the emotion level and, you know, just seeing the, with the groups anyway, the courses, like seeing the support that happens in the room is Mm -hmm. a really amazing thing to be part of. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And like to touch on like diagnosis more was nothing that we ever um, we don't focus on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, from in CMHA ever, um, and for me personally, a, a, like a diagnosis was thrown at me one time, and I have never. I learned. I learned. I looked at it, and then I was just like, I threw threw it aside. I was like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. But it, the more you know, and the more you think about it, the more you 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 would. I don't identify with it. And it and it's and it, it it's just not it's it's whatever it is you know it's yeah. like a it's like a it's not you it's yeah yeah mm-hmm. okay. and, and same with my mom it's not her it's mm-hmm. ever totally mm-hmm. and <clears throat> I think because yeah, that can bring on um, grief and. Mm-hmm. And the more you just come to terms with it, and, and just put your the person before it is totally is is how you not avoid that, but help with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is something we talk about a lot is just introducing the idea of grief and loss, because oftentimes when you know a diagnosis is thrown at your family member. Mm-hmm people sometimes go through that whole well okay I thought they were going to do this in their life and I thought this was the direction they were going but mm-hmm. it's changed it's not that they can't still live a totally full life and and you know accomplish um, amazing things it's just it, it can be a little bit of a derailing at a, at, a, at that moment mm-hmm. and I think yeah that's something that was very powerful for me to hear is mm-hmm. just there is a, a process you have to go through right of of recognizing um, 
things that have been lost or that have changed, yeah. you know? I guess it's kind of like a journey for everybody, not just the person who was diagnosed, right? Totally. It affects everybody. Um, yeah. How did you guys feel, feel like you dealt with it? You know, when I know you said your mom and then uh, you had someone uh, diagnosed with a mental illness as well. How did you guys kind of cope with that? <laughs> did you cope with it? Was it did, obviously <laughs> something like that takes time? And Yeah, at first I was... <laughs> there was multiple different diagnoses mm. and and my first reaction was dad can i have this <laughs> it, was, it was it was it was selfish mm. in in a sense uh and i i learned some things and totally. and what not to do because of that and to ask um, and I'm not a doctor by any means, and we didn't get a doctor's answer, but uh, I know if, you know, like, especially with drug abuse, uh, it's not healthy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so, but after that, after I was like, okay, what is this? Like, what is it? Mm -hmm. And, and uh, I got big into psychology and reading books about, about um, well, there's borderline book I read, there's bipolar, all mm -hmm. these different, um, and, and observing. <laughs> I, I spent a lot of time trying to understand um, and try to figure out what, what the hell was going on. Totally. No, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't get any worse than that. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, and, and being angry, I was real angry, uh, confused, and um, scared for her. Uh, you never know. It's a... You never, you never know how somebody's gonna be, or totally. or how it's gonna end. And um, so, <laughs> coping <laughs> was a was a thing I did for a, a while. Yeah. Uh, not coping, which led me down some dark paths, and um, but our family in the law uh, in the whole really stuck together uh supporting each other um my older sister was a big support for me mm -hmm. uh my my dad my younger sister i couldn't imagine what my mom felt i still don't or or uh but it, it grew us quicker it grew us closer mm -hmm. and it and and it grew us stronger like my best friend's mom said you kid you got a backbone and I was like what's a backbone <laughs> you know like, I knew what it is but I just didn't understand what it meant at the time mm -hmm. um because <clears throat> it's hard I lie but I love her and I wouldn't change anything for the world um because it brought me again it brought me here it brought mm -hmm. me brought me helping other people mm -hmm. it brought me telling my story to 
make other people not so scared to talk about it because mm-hmm. when you're scared to talk about it then bad things happen mm-hmm. you isolate yourself mm-hmm. uh, I isolated myself I had mm-hmm. I didn't tell a lot of people I, I yeah. yeah I attempted well, and I, I don't know about you I think we've talked about this but you know there is also that kind of ownership factor a little bit that mm-hmm. it's like I definitely struggled with talking to my friends about it because you know it, mostly when things were the roughest were when I was in high school and you know high school kids like you can't you know you never know who yeah. they're gonna tell or where totally. it's gonna get mm-hmm. right so totally. there's that that struggle too of like what part of this story is mine to share and what is not right mm-hmm. and and yeah I think that's an interesting kind of mm-hmm. thing um to kind of manage but for me uh, I think I went the opposite way a little bit like I avoided and I didn't read any books I just kind of listened to what doctors were saying and they didn't say much but listened to what they were telling me and what uh, my dad was was saying and things like that and Mm -hmm. I think um, I was super super lucky to have a very strong support system and Mm -hmm. I definitely learned that it's okay to lean on people when you need when you need help and when you need support and um, my dad was really amazing to kind of teach me that you know you have to take care of yourself and all of this mm-hmm. and you really and that's something that we definitely teach at mm-hmm. CMHA is mm-hmm. you know you you have to take care of yourself first before you can give everything you have to another person yeah. so mm-hmm. yeah I think um, yeah a bit of avoidance a bit of you know, just trying to get by day by day at times mm-hmm. and other times just things are good and you're like not thinking about it, not mm-hmm. worrying about it. So mm-hmm. yeah, just kind of, it wasn't really, um, for me, the like diagnosis happened before I was born. So it wasn't really a, a thing of trying to manage that. It was more as you get older and you start realizing what is happening, then you're like just I don't know it's just something that I grew up with so yeah yeah so Mm -hmm. do you find like for yourselves personally or like within working for the CMHA that people or for yourselves take on way too much responsibility when it comes on to caregiving roles and like what that kind of looks like (laughs) Jenna and I are nodding fiercely yeah Yeah, I guess it's not really a job that you can like not not take your work home with you if that makes sense yeah Mm -hmm. um yeah that would put a pretty big strain on things I would imagine that's that's why we call the the one course finding your balance Mm because it really is about you know how do we um find time to take care of take care of ourselves and a lot of time there is um caregivers hearts are always in the right place trying Mm -hmm. to do what's best for their loved one but sometimes there can be a little bit too much control being being taken away from the person that is dealing with the the mental health condition mm-hmm. um, or addiction concern and uh, I think it's a learning process for for loved ones a lot of the time that um, there's a big difference between trying to rescue someone and and fix what's going on with mm-hmm. them versus how do we empower them and and support them in a way that also aids in their recovery totally because what's best for you might not be best for them you know Mm -hmm. and uh, you know it's so natural to want to grab onto control because it's safer that way Mm -hmm. right totally yeah so how do you guys try and like empower caregivers to feel like they can let go of control and let you know 
sometimes they can't always foresee what's going to happen. And mm-hmm. I, I have a fun analogy I use sometimes. Let's hear for it. it. <laughs> <laughs> because we control out of love, and we see we control it out of love because mm-hmm. we just want them to be okay. Mm-hmm. We don't understand it's a David and Goliath type situation. It's like what is going to happen, and <clears throat> and you see someone in pain. You know, we just want to pick them up and carry them and be okay. Um, but I use the analogy of university students Mm -hmm. and if us as caregivers go and we, you know, drop our kids off at school and then we make sure they take them to their classes and then we study for them and then we take their exams for them and then we make them sure they ace their exams and Mm -hmm. then, and and don't go to that party, never go to that party. But what is the student when they finally walk across that stage and pick up this certificate they know nothing yeah. about yeah. and uh, we take away that dignity mm-hmm. and we take away that honor and that, and that pride totally. in themselves mm-hmm. that they did it, that they got through this. Mm-hmm. They went to those parties. They, they didn't go to that exam or they failed that exam uh, or they did great on that exam and how freaking good did that feel um and that's what we need to think about because it's just it's just mental health it's just a a little kink in the road sometimes when it comes to whatever diagnosis you have Mm -hmm. it's just like a stubbed toe like it's not as big and scary as everybody it's just learning and understanding it Mm -hmm. and working with it Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and and getting to that stage and saying i freaking i'm better (laughs) you know (laughs) and yeah sometimes i get sad and yeah sometimes i i'm anxious but Mm -hmm. The, I know what I got to do to get over it. Mm-hmm. And they earned that. Mm-hmm. So what do you... Mm-hmm. I think we can really <laughs> empower, too, by um, being part of the positive messaging that they're receiving and not necessarily buying into... A lot of times when people have a diagnosis, they're met with, well, you'll probably never be able to do this again or, you know, this is going to be a challenge for you now. And mm-hmm. they're met with a lot of negative things and it can be really disheartening if people take that really personally and Mm -hmm. and you know it can be really victimizing Mm -hmm. and I think um if we're part of the you know cheerleading squad for them you know we can be encouraging them to follow passions and to you know figure out for them what a full and meaningful life is going to look like Mm -hmm. and you know, I think that's a really big part of it is not necessarily focusing on what's wrong with the person, but focusing mm-hmm. on what's strong and what their strengths are. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you find that, like, when people are dealing, you know, with someone with a mental illness, like a loved one, do you find that, obviously, I'm sure there might be statistics, but, like, there's higher rates of, like, having mental health issues themselves or, like, at least dealing with symptoms of things? Or like things that, you know, cause them to feel mm-hmm. more anxious or depressed because they're having to deal with someone mm-hmm. with a mental illness. Have you guys had an experience with that? Before? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think there's a lot of ad- adverse emotions that Definitely. can kind of come with the with the whole um, journey. But uh, you know, we really that's why 
um, the support is there and that's why yeah. it's so I loved what you're talking about um, with uh, Jenna when you're talking about kind of it's natural for us to want to isolate and to deal with everything on our own and, mm-hmm. and withdraw and mm-hmm. kind of do everything behind closed doors mm-hmm. but it's really been proven that that's the total opposite of what we need what mm-hmm. we need is connection and we need community mm-hmm. and we need support so I think really just finding those people that are in your corner and can can support you through the harder times is mm-hmm. is what uh, what can be really helpful there mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I think what really made me it still makes me anxious is being in a supporting role and and being in the the role uh, is talking about it because of the stigma behind mm-hmm. it and you're afraid and mm-hmm. definitely was stigmatized growing up mm-hmm. yeah. you know and so and was till my late 20s mm-hmm. with my own self you know mm-hmm. people I disclose things to and you're just you're crazy I, I hate that, that word yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. you're yeah. psycho like don't ever say that yeah. to me so that anxiety builds just from needing to talk and like that like Sam what you're saying like it's so mm-hmm. important to have that mm-hmm. that support system and, mm-hmm. and us as family peer supporters uh, in our role being able to tell our story is hopefully going to bring more people caregivers family members friends to come and say hey totally this is scary yeah <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. sad and for us to be able to say you're not alone. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I think education around mental health is super important. I think as does everybody at, at some point, you know. Um, what are like the words that you find that just don't help at all? Like they're toxic when talking about mental health. I know you mentioned crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like like schizo. Yeah. I guess. Oh, I, that or... didn't hit the ear right. I yeah. didn't like that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> not a good one. Um yeah. And not to be nitpicky, but I really want to f- change mental illness. Yeah. I, I don't like illness. It's what do you think it should be? What's like Mental your... health concern is what I say the most. Love that. You know, it's just something you might be concerned about. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. Yep. And <laughs> uh, but it's to do with my mental health, and I just got to fix it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. sick. You're just sick. Mm-hmm. I, mm, okay, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just... Yeah working on stuff dealing with yeah. a, a challenge yeah totally 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 mm. um i guess to kind of wrap up on a more positive note um, <laughs> <laughs> how would you individually like to change the stigma around mental health concerns Ooh. i know talking about it's a big one uh mm-hmm. kind of getting the conversation moving but how would you guys like to see a change in the next couple i i would hope months but years i guess yeah, yeah. Uh, I think there's just, like you said, education. There's a huge totally. need for um, mental health to be talked about in elementary school, mm-hmm. in, in school, you know. We need to learn as kids how to regulate our emotions and how mm-hmm. to understand them. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think um, mostly just I'd love to see it be, you know, kind of like a, a just any other class that you take in in school, um, like learning about this stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like social studies. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it really is learning how to take care of yourself and how to, you know, understand all of your needs mentally, emotionally, physically. I think is such a powerful life skill that we don't learn until 
maybe ever and we you know we need mm-hmm. to kind of figure it out on our own for some reason and I'd love to see that change because the more preventative stuff we can be doing the less we're going to keep or the the less people are going to need to be hospitalized because totally. I think a lot of things can be can be prevented mm-hmm. a lot can't but I think yeah mm-hmm. it would be really cool to see to see something like that yeah <laughs> yeah I want I want to not to have this job <laughs> you know for <laughs> not to be like a necessity yeah. right like yeah 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 in, you know in, in a few words like I I want it to be a, a conversation mm-hmm. that can be had anywhere with anyone at any time totally. to say I'm down today mm-hmm. and and we, and talk about it with whoever and and people don't they just they're like oh they, you know it's like saying like I broke my leg oh man are you okay yeah you know yeah. <laughs> yeah. what happened you know not like oh I you know I'm feeling like you know I want to kill myself mm-hmm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. oh man are you okay like yeah, let's totally. talk about that it should be the same response yeah, yeah. and yeah. and and that be the response, not yikes, and and a pause and a and a not knowing what to do, because all totally. you really need to do ever is just listen. Mm-hmm. That is all I ever did. All I need, all anybody needs to do, all I ever, the best help I ever got was people just listened. You know, going through an anxiety attack if somebody was just sitting there don't tell me to calm down i know i want to calm down (laughs) and don't tell me to suck it up just listen just listen that's all yeah and and yeah vice versa Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i agree for it to just be a common thing that we're talking about it in our workplaces and in schools and with whoever is in our life that we can just be open about it because the question like how are you has just mm-hmm. become we don't even wait for a response anymore. No, no. no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, how's it going? And then it's like done. Yeah, gotta go. Bye. Yeah. 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 Super great. How yeah. are you later? How's you later? Yeah. Who was that? Do you have anything else you want to add? <laughs> Yeah, I, I yeah. think we've got it all. So thank you guys so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having yeah. us and yeah. listening thank to this so perspective. It's so important and it's it's growing, but I think the family support was definitely something that was lacking when mm-hmm. Jenna and I were in the height of what we were going through. And, yeah. you know, to have um, people hopefully be more aware of this is awesome. I love that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I definitely yeah. agree too. I think like having um, people being more aware that there is family support mm-hmm. for caregivers and mm-hmm. you're not alone in the fact that you might be struggling with something. It's, mm-hmm. it's really good. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. And it's a win-win for everyone. The, the more that we learn how to best support our loved ones, the person dealing with the illness or the not illness, sorry, the mm-hmm. mental health concern mm-hmm. the, is, is, gonna see their life improve mm-hmm. as is the the caregiver so mm-hmm. it's yeah it's mm-hmm. really the family support is very very needed yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. and I have to say uh the moment I met someone that had a similar story was the moment I was like I felt like somebody had deflated a balloon <laughs> like yeah. inside of my chest that was just like oh what yeah and 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 like not that it mattered or it just felt less um 
lonely, yeah. less scary, yeah. and more like, oh. Someone else is feeling this way too. Neat. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that, that happened 31 years later yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I met a family peer support worker. And, you know, not to toot our own horns, but I, it was, there's not a, I mean, therapists, and I've been through a lot of them, mm-hmm. are amazing, and I have one that I'll never let go of. Um, but to meet somebody that really has been it, walked in those shoes, mm-hmm. and is allowed to talk about it, because mm-hmm. a lot of therapists aren't. Uh, is is game changing? Yeah, because you feel like you can be honest, like truly honest. Totally, you feel like you have someone that you can relate to and mm-hmm. like have you know similar story. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. no, mm-hmm. You know, no mm-hmm. judgment. No, yeah. like, what is this girl talking about? <laughs> 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 no, it's yeah, yeah, I know, no yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so, thanks. thanks yeah, no, thank us. you guys for yeah, being yeah, here. Really yeah, it. we it's really awesome. appreciate it. Yeah. All right, we can wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That was good. That was.